and welcome to the Eccles Business Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Johnson, and I'm so glad to have you back as we continue our conversation about impact. This season, we're talking with students, alums, and other friends of the Eccles School about the people and experiences that have impacted them, the ways they are impacting others, and what we can all do to build confidence in our ability to make a difference. I'm so happy to be joined today by Abukar Hassan. Abukar is a junior at the David Eccles School of Business studying finance and entrepreneurship. He is a business scholars intern, a presidential intern, and a resident at Lasan Studios. Abukar is also one of only 100 students nationwide to be awarded the inaugural Obama Chesky Scholarship for Public Service, also known as the Voyager Scholarship, and he is the only recipient of that scholarship from the state of Utah. Abukar is here to talk about the people who have impacted his journey up to this point and the impact he hopes to make through his Voyager Scholarship and other activities. Abukar, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on this podcast. I'm always so happy to see you and to talk about all the great things you're doing. And to start, I actually want to ask you a question that I usually ask people at the end of their podcast interview. It's a question about the person who's had the biggest impact on them. And I might be putting words in your mouth, but I think for you, it might be your mom. Yes. And I wanted to start by talking about her just because she's such a big part of the start of your story. So tell me about your mom and the impact that she's had on you kind of setting you up to where you are now. Yeah, thank you. I think that's a great question. I don't think I would have been here today if it wasn't for my mom's resilience. Her impact was not only very vivid in my life, but also my siblings. I have five older sisters and a younger brother. We migrated from Egypt in 2007 and landed in this very cold winter storm. What we later figured out was the biggest winter storm Utah has ever seen. But during this time of challenge, uh, my mom had a, a very bright, very resilient mindset of moving you know, countries and moving all her kids to a brand new, essentially, country where she spoke little of that language and knew little of the people who were around her. But one thing she taught me was, if you go ahead and give it your all, you're able to go ahead and accomplish anything in life. And the best part about it all was during the times that we had very little, she always did one thing where it was like, extend your arm to not be given something, but extend your arm to give something. And that's something I've always been carrying since then. How did that set you up as you saw her do that? How did it influence sort of how you and your siblings thought about how you wanted to exist in the world, in your community? Yeah. Growing up, you know, not in a very high socioeconomic class, my mom never hesitated to give back, right? So it taught me not to pursue a dream or a job that makes me a lot of money, but rather pursue a job or a career that's going to actually make a change in someone's life, right? Never during my time when I was being raised did I think I was raised in a lower socioeconomic class than somebody else. When my mom, I asked her, you know, I want this little fire truck. Can I get that, please? She never has to say saying, no, I don't have that. She said, I would find a way to get that money. So having that mindset of saying I can give back while having so little, I think is a huge way of kind of transition to my life and especially my siblings' life as well. For instance, my sister is a nurse now and her goal and obligation has always been giving back. And the way she does it now is through her patients, right? And for me right now is how can I make a public service and through, you know, my inaugural scholarship and also being part of involved in Echo School in general. 
I think that's such a valuable way to shift your perspective to think not what don't I have, but what can I give and really moving away from finances, which I think is where we can sometimes say, oh, if I don't have a lot of money, then I can't make a difference. But to say, what are my skills? What skills can I develop that then I can really use to make an impact for other people? Absolutely. What a great example. Thank you. Well, another thing that I think is so interesting about your mom, Abukar, is how much she emphasized education in your family with you and your siblings, even though she herself did not have a college education. Tell us a little bit about how you came to understand the value of higher education, your desire to pursue it, even growing up in a family where you didn't have parents whose sort of footsteps you could follow into college. I can't lie to you. When I was in elementary school, being enrolled in these after-school programs to help me catch up in uh, the English language or getting my writing skills a little bit better was a frustration and anger I had towards my mom saying, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to stay after, right? And why can't I just, you know, be a little kid on the streets playing games or whatever? As I grew older, I understood what my mother was coming from, right? She firsthand experienced how growing up in a predominantly white, higher socioeconomic class area where education has a huge value if you really want to do anything or if you really want to do a lot of things around you. Not only does it allow you to really think outside of the box, but you're now also placed in you know a lot of environments where there are people who are not necessarily like you, some higher, some lower in the aspect of socioeconomic class. But the most important part is their stories, right? I've met so many people from my first assessment scholarship where they've have, you know, shared a very different background than me, but yet we all shared some kind of thing in common where it was higher education. We came to the University of Utah to pursue this higher education to not only put ourselves in a better situation, but hopefully to take care of our parents who might not necessarily have that education themselves and how that's been impacting their life. I'm so glad you mentioned your first ascent scholarship. I forgot to mention it earlier. So you came to the U as part of this First Ascent Scholars Program, which is a scholarship and also mentorship program for first-generation college students really designed to sort of bridge that gap that we've been talking about between a family without a lot of experience in college and higher education to students like yourself who are first-generation students. Talk about the impact of that program on you. There's obviously a financial component that financially it allowed you to come here to the U, but I'd love to hear also about the mentorship aspect, these relationships that you've talked about. How has that program really impacted your time here at the university? I think the First Assessed Scholar Program is not only a blessing, but I genuinely don't think I was going to be at the University of Utah if it wasn't for this scholarship. It first started off by your placing in cohort of my year was about 12 people. We were placed in the house on Officer Circle where, you know, you don't know these people. And uh, we were also moving in during the time of the pandemic. And we started off the University of Utah where mostly everything was kind of shut down, you know. And so it was hard at first saying, how am I going to find my people? How am I going to find what I call my community, my family? It was hard, you know, especially if you're moving out for the first time for my family. But all these people also shared the same stories. But the cool thing about the First Step Scholar Program is with all of us being in a diverse background and, you know, being in a university where it can necessarily be hard to kind of navigate and also experience because you're a first-gen college student, 
allows you to be placed in this cohort of students where they also are challenged and are also going through the same thing you are. And on top of that, you're also given a mentor. I'm super thankful to be given Jeff Cardone, who's also the founder of the program himself. He has that service mentality where it's that he, you know, he does his time during his career, but at the same time, he's heavily serving our community, especially first-gen college students. He spends all the time coming to all of our events. You know, we have events where it's tailored to understand our different cultures, to understand where we come from. So this program has been a blessing. It's been a way for me to understand different traditions, different cultures, and be mentored by some of the amazing mentors we have that I call now, you know, basically family, like mom and dad, Jeff and Helen, right? And so I'm super excited to be part of a scholarship that's continuously doing great things for this university, but also has a huge impact as their scholars continue to graduate. I love what you say that the impact continues beyond just your time at the university. And I think partly because, as you're saying, First Ascent really sets you up to do things once you leave the university. But I also think that A program like First Ascent that really casts a wider net and allows people who might not have had an opportunity to come to the University of Utah specifically, gives them that opportunity to come here. That diversity of experience and thought, those stories also really impact the school, right? The university as a whole, the Eccles School in particular. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Abukar about how this wider range of experiences in our student body really creates a positive ripple effect to our community here on campus. A lot of us started out, most students in First Step Scholar Program are business majors, right? It's a business-tailored program. A lot of us started off in the business scholar program, where a lot of times it was seen as this white, predominantly higher socioeconomic class students who come from, you know, a little bit more wealthier high schools, such as Olympus or Skyline. Being in a classroom filled with that, you kind of feel like, oh, maybe this is not where I'm supposed to be. Maybe this is not where I necessarily see fit. But the cool thing is a lot of these students are now open to understanding that they're not the only people who are this university is tailored to. And I think the First Step Scholar Program does a great job to not only allow us to attend a university, but allow us to focus on what we really love and how we can necessarily make that impact during our time here. With that financial burden being taken away, with our housing being covered and our food being covered, you're not able to really focus on what you love and also especially focus on your higher education. And during my time, I've taken full advantage of that, you know, being involved in a lot of different parts of a university. Same with my fellow scholars, where they're also very widely involved around campus. So now it's not only giving a good representation for the program, but it's really educating a lot of people who may not have seen, you know, people who come from a different background as themselves in the state of Utah. I love what you say that it not only gives you an opportunity to pursue a higher education, which is an opportunity you might not have had before, but also by relieving some of these sort of logistical barriers, right, of food, of tuition, of housing. It allows students like you to be so much more involved in the campus instead of being worried about having a job and paying your own way. Tell me about some of the other activities that you're involved in around the campus. I know it's a long list. (laughs) I first thought I was going to be a doctor, right? To be honest, I had a very uh, 
I guess you could say a midlife crisis where I figured out, doctor, is that necessary for me? Um, during the pandemic, I was working in the hospital thinking that was my pathway. But I quickly figured out that I have a little soft little kid who uh, cannot really see blood, nor can I see basically kids alone in a hospital. But then during that time, I was transitioning slowly into the business school and uh, focusing more time at the business school. And so my very first role was Blink. And Blink is the student government within the Echo School, where I served as events lead. And during this time here, I was trying to revamp and reimagine how we can get more students excited to be back on campus. It was my sophomore year where a lot of students were, you know, not necessarily on campus. A lot of them are still on Zoom and saying, why would we come to a campus for an event? So it was cool to understand what our traditions was here in the Echo School, but most importantly, just understand what our university is made of, especially within the business school. Then I quickly became involved in Business Scholar, where after I had a great time as my freshman year, although majority of it was on Zoom, I wanted to make that impact where I was like, it doesn't necessarily have to be one-sided. You know, you can always see the negative of anything, but you can try to make it something to positive. And my goal of being an ambassador was how can I make this program more tailored and more filled, more inclusive for, you know, first-gen college students, POC students. And so being an ambassador, having mentees was one of the coolest experiences I think I've had. I've learned more from them than I think they learned from me. Navigating their time through university is a hard time. As a freshman, you're worried about what people think about you. You're worried about how to register for classes. You think about a lot of different things. A lot of them also are out-of-state students, so they don't have you know a place where they necessarily call home or a family nearby. And so how they could find their community is something I really try to emphasize because it was hard for me to find that at first. But through, like I said before, with my scholarships and now you know being involved in business school, helped out. And then later, I also got involved in the student alumni board. The reasoning for me on that was I wanted to really see what some of our alumni were doing outside of graduation and what it looks like to be an alumni from the other side. I kind of was involved in the traditions committee. Our goal was to really amplify student voices, but most importantly, how they can understand what the university has done in the past and how they can get excited to be a University of Utah student. Now this year, I'm a presidential intern for underneath President Randall. So it's cool to see his transition, you know, from the dean of students. I've seen him during his time here and how well he's established his business school and now the exciting things he's doing for our university. And I'm also a business scholar intern where I'm continuously trying to understand what the program has done before and how we can incorporate more things for, you know, students to really get out of their comfort zone. I love this perspective you bring, Abukar. You've mentioned it a couple times of really learning what have we done in the past? What are the traditions, the values that the Eccles School and the university are built on? And now how can we adjust, adapt, change those to really move into the future in an inclusive way? welcoming way that creates a space for everyone and what a great impact that is for other people. Talk about the impact on you personally of being able to be involved in all of these things and make these kinds of changes. I think one of the coolest parts for me is getting to know the a lot of these college students, right? A lot of them come from Upper North Utah, to some of them from out of state as California, to as far as New York. Um, some of my friends are international students who are from India. The coolest part is their story and why they're here at the University of Utah, why their purpose is for getting higher education. Some as simple as, I just want to make more money, right? But some as more in a more like, oh, I'm an international student from India where 
it's hard being raised in a place where there is no education. There was no freedom for like one of my friends where she's from India and she said women can't necessarily have this higher education. They have very little to no abilities to find a good job in India, right? And so she wants to change that and change her environment and change her her atmosphere when she goes back to India and hopefully make that impact that she I think she will make. So it's just been amazing seeing all these students and the journeys they've been through. Learning from them has been one of the amazing parts, I think, during my time of involvement, to be honest. And I think this is such a cool thing about impact that we never make an impact on other people without getting something back. It really is such a reciprocal experience that as we try to put some good out into the world, we almost always get something good back. Absolutely. And the coolest thing is you don't have to go in the community and try to change it, right? You will never experience somebody's perspective or somebody's experiences. But if you allow them to tell their story, you will slowly understand what they love about this university and what they love about their community, but also understand the improvements and what they want to see change. And that's the biggest impact a person can really make. It's just listening and then letting them and helping them with by being behind them and supporting them make those changes. All right. I want to make a little bit of a transition to talk about the Voyager Scholarship. And I think a lot of what we have been talking about really leads us up to this point, right? The example of your mom and just putting what you have out into the world and trusting that good things will come back. So talk to me about the Voyager Scholarship. How did you hear about it? What was interesting to you about it? And why did you decide to go for it? Yeah, I think this is a kind of funny story. I was uh, studying abroad in uh, South Korea where I was sitting on my bed at late evening and I was scrolling on TikTok. And uh, I found this scholarship called the Obama Chesky Voyager Scholarship. It was a lady who was in the tech field and it was saying, always just post basically different scholarships and different opportunities for POC students and uh, students in general who are just looking for different scholarships around around the nation. When I first saw the scholarship, to be honest, I said, there's no way in heck I can apply for this and uh, gain the scholarship. Just a random kid from Utah. But within two days of the application being due, I said, let me go ahead and full send the application. So I submitted my application. I started that evening, my application. I was sitting there late night. You know, summer continues. Uh, we end our, in our summer abroad. I come back to Utah, and I think it was two, three days in. I was eating lunch at home uh, where my mom was there. I didn't even tell her I applied for this scholarship. Looking through my email, and boom, I see congratulations for the Obama Chesky Scholarship. I didn't need to read anything more. It could have said, psych, I'm lying to you, you know, with a long paragraph. I just tossed my phone in in a huge excitement, telling my mom, I got it, I got it. She's like, what did you get? What are you talking about? And so I had to slowly take several steps back and explain to her what this really entails and what the scholarship was. Just how simple things like that can really change somebody's life is just absolutely crazy. Yeah, it changes just in a moment, right? Those experiences seem so small, but make such a big difference. And I love what you say that you would rather not get it and be upset about that than not even try and regret not trying what was it about this? I mean, I think anything that starts with Obama is something that we all kind of want to be part of. But what was it about this scholarship in particular, the public service aspect that was so appealing to you? Public service is something that I was always raised in having a perspective and an intel on. 
like I said, being raised with, by my mom and seeing her perspective and seeing what she had to go through, but yet still giving back when she had very little was huge, right? And so when I applied for the scholarship, I knew I wanted to be in the entrepreneurship sector. So seeing President Barack Obama, who served as in public service, and his story of saying it was hard for him to navigate that, especially getting all these loans and people not understanding how important it is that somebody has to do this job, right? And then the second person was Brian Chesky, who's this entrepreneur who also has a different perspective of what public service looks like in the entrepreneurship world. So for me, it was not just necessarily getting a scholarship, to help me pay for tuition, as I already had that for first assessed scholarship, but also to be surrounded by students who also have the same mindset. They want to give back. They've been through different struggles. They want to make that impact that this, I think, community needs to see. I think democracy comes in a very different ways. And working together and being led by President Barack Obama and Brian Chesky, who amplified these beliefs, it was just, just a no-brainer to go ahead and apply for. I think this is such a great point you make, Abukar, that the impact of people, and we've now talked about this a couple times just in our time together today, there are obviously impacts from financial support that are really important and necessary, but that the impact of people and putting ourselves in spaces with people who can really motivate us, who can broaden the way that we think, who can increase our empathy, that that is an impact that just multiplies exponentially. Absolutely. Your first experience meeting your Voyager Scholarship cohort was on Zoom, right? And President Obama was there as well, kind of welcoming everyone to the program. Talk to us about that, that feeling of that first meeting Hearing from him, hearing from those other students, how did that impact you? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what a what a morning that was. I was taking the Zoom call, actually just right in this building in Garth, and I joined the Zoom call and, you know, you see a lot of hundred screens from, you know, different parts of the nation. I'm all zooming into this call. Um, we were congratulated first by Melissa May, who serves as a advisor and lead for the program. Right as we thought, you know, the Zoom was about to end. She's like, and we have one last surprise for you guys. And I was like, oh, great. And we see President Barack Obama into our Zoom call and uh, Brian Chesky. I mean, our faces clearly shows on the Zoom call. Just the excitement of our faces seeing the president right there on our Zoom call, Brian Chesky right there on our Zoom call. But the thing that stood out to me the most that I truly took away was I know you are all are hard workers and et cetera, and you're all trying to do good in our community, and that's why you received a scholarship. But I know you didn't do it alone. There's somebody who's out there who helped you out. So go out there and thank that person, right? And, of course, the very first phone call I made was to my mother, where she was the person who had that impact on me, and she's the one who, you know, really guided me through a lot of parts during difficult times in my life. And so giving her that call and, you know, giving her that gratitude uh, was just the best feeling that I could have ever had and all transpired from, I guess, meaning former president. Well, this scholarship Abukar is designed, it's a public service. It's really designed with the goal to give young people like yourself the opportunity and the resources and the connections to now make their own impacts, right? Mm -hmm. People and experiences have impacted you and now this sets you up to create your own impact through the public service sector. What impacts are you hoping to make with the help of this scholarship? 
you know, initially when I was in high school, one of the very first things that I was very quickly involved on was a club called Interact Club. It serves underneath the Rotarian Club within the state of Utah. But the cool thing for me is as I learn more about service, I transition to things I really care about and things that I personally relate to. And what does that look like for me was students and kids who were also coming from very similar backgrounds as in the aspect of being raised by a single parent coming from a lower socioeconomic class. But a lot of them struggle because of the financial burden within their families. So my goal and hope will be to help a lot of these families, help a lot of these refugee families specifically navigate the system of how can we get out of this area that feels very hidden and controlled and how can we get that financial freedom to help our families succeed and generations to come and not always constantly fall behind in a society that's constantly going to continue to leave you and not wait for you. Tell me about, so we talked about the Zoom and that big surprise, like what a nice experience it was to meet everyone else in your cohort and then also to have President Obama and Brian Chesky come on. And then you actually got to go to New York in the fall and meet everyone in person. Talk to us about that experience of meeting your cohort in particular face-to-face and hearing about the things that they were doing, the things that they want to do. How did that impact you and kind of help you refine your vision of the impact that you want to have? First, when I went there, I said, how the heck did I get chosen compared to these brilliant, smart community leaders like that I was surrounded with? A lot of these students were serving at a very young age as well, where they had similar experiences that made them fall in love with public service. We all shared one belief and one common goal, which was to serve our communities that were seemed like they were left behind, right? And all of us knew and understood even with Barack Obama, where he understood public service is not the place where you make money. Public service is not the place where you should go if you think, I just want to be financially free, right? And so with all of us knowing that in mind and still wanting to serve our communities was such a refreshing thing to be a part of. I think it's so powerful to be around people who think the same way that we do in those ways, To be part of that group must be so inspiring, but you are the only Voyager scholarship recipient in Utah, not just at the University of Utah, but in the whole state. And I know you and I have talked before about how there is some pressure that's associated with that position and that role. What experiences do you draw on to really give you the confidence to say, I can do this. I deserve to be here. It's a mindset where it's Utahns are such lovely and giving people. We are made out of a community that's also driven and we're one of the states that's driven in entrepreneurship, right? We're a state that has a lot of young, active people, such as our environmental groups, such as our interact clubs, and so many more organizations are out there that are also trying to pursue and continuously trying to make our communities better. I truly do believe during our time that we transitioned to the state of Utah that we found Utah as our home. When I'm on a plane and I'm coming back from, you know, my study abroad or, or a quick trip, seeing those mountains, I know I'm back home. 
that's a symbol of me saying Utah is my home. And so for me to represent our state in, in a positive way and hopefully bring in the impact that the state constantly needs to see and, you know, having that leadership mentality of saying, how can I help lead this initiative? It's a blessing. And I'm excited to work with young millennials, people in general who are who are trying to do the same thing as our state does a great job at it already. But there's definitely parts where we can improve on. What would you say to students who are at the beginning of this process, the beginning of finding their voice, finding their place, building their confidence? How would you encourage them or what advice would you give to them? I'll give them several things. The very first thing would be in order for you to find your community, you've got to be vulnerable. Sure, we were placed in the house, you know, filled with diverse students, et cetera. But our vulnerability of sharing our, those stories, sharing, you know, what necessary we're not good at, what we need help with is what we're able to be, go ahead and make ourselves closer. You know, some of the people I call my best friends now are those people who I shared my story with, those people who, who are around me till this day are those people who are who are vulnerable and telling their stories as well, right? You want to be able to find that community early on so that you have somebody who's pushing you from behind and saying, you've got this, and you work together during your freshman year till you graduate, after you graduate, till your marriage, after your marriage, till you have your kids, or whatever it might be, whatever that story or that, that emphasis might look like. And then the second thing is, things will not come to you. A lot of times it's easy for you to be content that you attend an amazing university. You're content you're in a scholarship. You're content that you're taking easy classes. You're content, you know, whatever that might look like. But the second you start challenging yourself and accepting those challenges is the second you realize I'm able to go ahead and challenge myself, learn from these challenges, but most importantly, make those changes I want to see. You know, we have over 35,000 students here at the University of Utah. Not all of them share the same voices or same backgrounds, and we surely have not solved all of those concerns. But if we have more people who have that mindset of saying, I want to amplify those voices of my community, I want to make those changes for my community, we will slowly turn into a community where we love and find a belonging for every student here on campus. As we talk about confidence, we sometimes equate it with a type of strength, a way of presenting ourselves with no fear, a kind of take no prisoners but that it actually really starts from a place of being open, being empathetic, and being vulnerable. Like you said, that that can actually be kind of our superpower, a source of our strength. Absolutely. I learned this uh, very recently. Something I learned I, I like to implement in my life is from Brian Hubane, uh, who serves at the University of Utah. He said, after you leave a room, to ask yourself, who have I hurt? Who have I made uncomfortable? We are not perfect people. We don't understand how to talk to everybody in a room, right? But a good leader, a good member of being in a community is those people who understand that they might have hurt somebody. But how do you reflect on that and how do you make yourself better every day is what truly makes those people different. And not letting our fear of getting it wrong stop us from trying it all. 100%. Well, Abukar, we've talked a lot about your mom, um, <laughs> but I do want to ask, besides your mom, is there a person who has made an impact on you, getting you where you are, launching you into your next phase? Somebody I uh, also looked up to at a very young age, 
His name is Aves Ahmed. He first uh, started off as my Sunday school teacher, and him and his dad were both my Sunday school teacher. But then later on, he became a personal mentor in my life. He's a great leader in the Muslim community where he helped start an organization called Utah Muslim Civic League, where helping people more be civically engaged. And uh, you know, he's an entrepreneur himself and seeing the impact he's made by, you know, hiring certain people and et cetera, and what his mission goal is for not only himself, but his community and the Great Salt Lake. So having a person like that has been truly an inspiration to me and somebody I always will look up to and I call now a bigger brother for me. I love how willing and eager you are to recognize the people in your life who have made an impact on you. I'm just so excited to see the impact that you are having now and that you're going to have as you continue. Thank you so much for being here with me, Abukar. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Eccles Business Buzz podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another discussion about how our Eccles community is making an impact here on campus and around the world. Make sure to subscribe to Eccles Business Buzz wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss it. You can also follow us on Instagram at Eccles Alumni for all the latest news from your Eccles Alumni Network. Eccles Business Buzz is a production of the David Eccles School of Business and is produced by University FM. We'll see you next time.